the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood back recording on a Wednesday night, November 8th, middle of fall. The footballs are flying. Basketball is back. The vibes are high. We're talking Uncrustables pre-show. We're talking hats. We're talking mustaches. We're talking local sports radio drama. We're talking about it all. But now, now we're live. It's Taylor. It's RDT. It's Banks. Uh, fellas. Uh, as I said, football and basketball back, but I think we need to talk about Uncrustables first. Uh, an air fryer, put them in the air fryer. Is your thought? Uh, Pop them in the air fryer. Uh, I can't remember the instructions off the top of my head in terms of timing, but Google it; it'll change your life. It's a phenomenal. And also had the had the idea pre-show of you know marshmallow fluff and peanut butter sandwiches are fantastic. Why hasn't Uncrustable come out with that variety? It's a great question. I ask good questions. Nothing but good questions. Yeah. I love Uncrustables. They're so good. I've had them all. What was the line? You don't start discussions. You're not. Never mind. They're the dialogue. That's a little callback to never mind. Wow. Yeah, that was that felt unbelievable. The conversation you You don't like Uncrustables, though. Eric, you don't like them. You're not a jelly guy. You stated about 10 minutes ago. Yeah, it's not that I don't like them. I've never had. I just I don't. I don't like jelly. I'm not a I'm not a jelly person. So it's, it's not like I'm like it is preposterous. What, what do you pack first on a nice charcuterie board? Like what is your angle there? You think I've eaten off a charcuterie board? <laughs> you think I've <laughs> it's a great thing I should have expected this. Come on, man. Come on. We're <laughs> such a man of the people answer there. Yeah. Whatever like whatever like is salami or pepperoni, if there's something like that. That, that that would be my that, that would be what I would go to first, as opposed to me who only eats off charcuterie boards. Finer things club. Finer things club. Um, gentlemen, let's talk about some Baltimore sports here briefly. We're going to talk a little Ravens, maybe talk a little Terps hoops. Not much Orioles to discuss. Do starting five draft, doing Nick Cannon Medley, and get out of here. So let's start with the Ravens. And RDT, I'm going to start with you. You were not on the incident analysis Sunday. You can go back and listen to that. Me, Banks, and Spenny broke down a big win against the Seahawks. Um, gave a lot of our thoughts on that. But RDT, you sit here in this podcast in an interesting spot during Ravens season because you don't root for the Ravens. So you have none of the sort of fandom anxiety or hope that goes along with analyzing the team. So from your perspective as someone that roots for a very mediocre AFC team, what do you see from this Ravens team right now and what's the ceiling? Generous. I mean, I I think they're 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 really fucking good. Like I I said it. I, I again I think last week or whatever. Where I got the score wrong. I said it was going to be twenty one seven at the end of the first quarter. But I was like the Ravens are going to smoke the Seahawks. Like I think it's going to be like a Lions where it's like oh they're not they're not ready for this yet. And it seemed like the Seahawks were not ready for it. They seemed to have to want no part in that game, and and they were out of it. And when the Ravens got rolling, it was like again Seattle wanted to be anywhere but on that field. Um, they, I mean, a, a, they look like the 2019 Ravens where it's like the last, I mean, what is it? The last, what was the, the game before this Arizona, which is a funky game with their travel schedule and all that. But this in the lions game, this is back to absolutely punking the shit out of, of other grown men, football teams. Like the lions coming in was like the big, bad lions. Here they are. They're tough. They do this, they do that. And the Ravens just absolutely just clown them. And that's exactly what they did with, um, the Seahawks. And I, I think they're a very good team. I think they're, if they're not better than, I, I mean, like I would make the argument that they're better than the chiefs right now. I don't think the chiefs are anything special at this moment. And the Ravens have been way more um, impressive the last couple of weeks, even with the kind of, 
again, the weird game in Arizona. Um, but again, what did, what do they want four or five in a row now? And they're just, they're just chugging along. And again, you look up and they're seven and two, I think. Um, so I haven't even had their buy yet. They, and again, the big thing with like everyone being like, Oh, well, you know, my fantasy team in Lamar and he only has this. And it's like, that's the scary part is they're playing so well. And Lamar, it's not Lamar's playing great. They just don't need him to do anything. Like, it's not like he's playing bad and the defense is scoring a bunch of touchdowns in the running game. Like he just, he's not going to play these full games because they they're just kicking the shit out of other teams. So that's a great sign for them. And again, it's, it's, it's 2019 all over again. Um, it looks like, and the running game isn't as good as it was, but I mean, they, you know, they obviously have the weapons and Mitchell and Gus Edwards is, I, I said to my friend on Sunday, I said, Gus Edwards is turning into like a Lendale white kind of guy where it's just like, you're going to look up and he's going to have 15 touchdowns and like 900 yards. And you're just going to be like, yeah, that's just a solid ass, like running back. Like, and, and we've known about him for a while, obviously. And he's had his seasons, good seasons, but yeah, they're, they're, if not the best team in football, one B, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, again, it's an interesting schedule coming up, but they're just, they're rolling right now. They, they, they're rolling on in all phases. And, and again, it's a scary, it's a scary, it's scary if you have to play the Ravens coming up. Cause this is kind of where they hit their peak is like the, the cold weather, the bully season type of uh, type of football. So they're playing playing really, really well, very well. That was a lot of information, but that's all true. Yeah, no, I thought we broke it down very well on Sunday. Um, in terms of some differences of where this team is versus 2019, uh, Spencer very much on point with the idea that um, that 2019 team told you what it was going to do and did it, and you couldn't stop mm-hmm. it until eventually just some bad things happened and they had to chase their tail a little bit and it just went sideways. This team will fill you out and then they'll figure out, okay, you're giving us that. We're going to do that over and over and over and you're just going to bleed to death. And with Mm -hmm. that, the defense is better. This is the best defense we've had since maybe 2006. Mm -hmm. Um, Roquan is the reason for that. I wrote about that a little bit on Barstool today. Um, He's the difference maker. And I really feel that if Lamar doesn't get hurt in the back end of that year, you know, we're really hitting our stride. Um, the Bengals, you know, go down in the wild card round. I don't know what kind of run we go on. I think it's ambitious to think that we go on and win a Super Bowl or even go to it. But at the same time, I think we go into this year with a totally different perception of who the Ravens are. And this beast has been inside of them for a long time. And I think they've just needed a little bit of attitude. And Roquan is the guy bringing that attitude. And no disrespect to like a Marlon Humphrey, who's been – probably the the leader of this defense for three or four years um love the guy he's physical he embodies ravens football but i don't know that he's the guy in the room who's going to galvanize a group of guys or the type like a ray lewis that is in the middle of the defense kind of being the uh like patrol man in there and 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 bringing in the play call and making sure everybody's in the right place the way that roquan is so um exciting to see all the pieces come together and you make a great point that we're we're probably operating at 80 percent of our capability like lamar is playing obviously very well he's throwing the ball awesome but he hasn't needed to go out there and cook and it's i I suppose a, a a concern that you could say just like that 2019 team that they haven't had to chase their tail yet and we may not see them do so um, and it's a little bit hot takey for, you know, to go out or into a game and, and hope that they get down by a couple of touchdowns. But I don't know, like, would it be the worst thing to see them go down? 
a couple touchdowns to somebody. Hopefully it's not one of these next games, but um, I don't know. They're just so multidimensional, and we have not even had to see whether or not they have even more dimensions than what meets the eye. Yeah, I mean, not having to have Lamar Jackson play hero ball in any of these games has, I think, um, both, as you said, limited his fantasy numbers, but also hopefully the wear and tear that we've seen him go through the last few years. Um, I think that's a, a positive. But, you know, I think the storyline of 2019 was just the offense, 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 offense. And to me right now, every time I think about the team, I think about defense. I know it's like very fun to talk about offense. And I think as Ravens fans or people that um, have followed the team for a while, having great offense is fun to talk about because of so many years where the offense just could not keep up with the defense. The defense, how good the defense was, was almost a boring topic. This is sort of just a return to form to like the traditionally strong, you know, front to back defense that the Ravens have had, um, propelled by a lot of guys that I, you know, obviously Roquan Smith is and, and Banks, you make great points about him. And ever since he came, it feels like they've taken gotten to another gear over this sort of season, you know, maybe a full season um, with his year, you know, half year last year and half year this year. Um, but like the Justin Matabikes and the Geno mm-hmm. Stone. Some of these guys they drafted, you know, in the mid late rounds that have sort of developed into these type of guys. Um, first of all, shows you that you know Eric DaCosta is still as good of a team builder as there is, um, and just is it's just very very they're very nice stories um, to watch develop. I, I I don't I agree with you that it's like hot takey to be like oh let's see him down a couple of scores to hopefully come back, but I do think they're eventually going to be in a game over this stretch where they're in a dogfight or fall behind. I mean, there's just too many. There's too many quality teams left. Like the Browns are a pretty quality team, albeit with not a great offense. The Bengals have sort of started to round into form a bit. The Chargers have a good offense and could theoretically get ahead early and have you chase them. Um, the Jaguars are one of the five best, six best teams in the AFC. The 49ers are either the second or third best team probably in the NFC, although they faltered a little bit, but are still going to be tough to play at home. And they play the Dolphins back here who have a pretty good offense, although they have started to falter and the the fraud label is starting to get lumped on them a little bit um there's just there's not really any gimmies like huge gimmies left like the rams are not very good that should be a neat a pretty easy game in the steelers but other than that all these games are going against teams that are all fighting for playoff spots um i ultimately think like in a game against the chargers that's going to be a situation where john harbaugh just out coaches a guy like brandon staley but i I think they're going to probably put themselves in a number of positions um or maybe they're in a tight one or whatever. I don't know if they're going to just steamroll through this schedule. I think they steamrolled through those two teams that came in here from the NFC um, that are okay, but I don't know if those either of those teams are really ready for like prime time, prime time. I think your 49ers and your Bengals um, and your Jags have been a little around, have been around a little bit more. Like the Jags kind of took their lumps last year and are trying to sort of make that ascension. I think that's kind of the year that the Lions and the Seahawks are having. So, um, mm-hmm. All that to say, it's unbelievably exciting. I, you know, every person, you know, in the office in College Park this week that's a Ravens fan, everyone is, like, so excited. It has that same sort of, like, train leaving the tracks, rumbling down that 2019 had in terms of you go into every week. Like, me and my roommate used to sit and watch the 2019 team, and they'd go 14 nothing. Like, all right, game's over. Like, whatever. What else do we need to do with our day? Um, this team is doing a little bit of that without the same explosion, but I think it's a little more sustainable potentially with how they're playing defensively. Um, and it, I mean, the AFC playoffs could be unbelievable. 
The NFC looks terrible. The AFC playoffs are shaping up to be. I mean, this Bills team that was supposed to sort of be one of the creme de la creme doesn't look like one of the best six or seven teams. They, they can't really get out of their own way week to week. Um, but man, there's a lot of lot of lot of pretty quality teams. I did want to touch on because I thought this was interesting. I think you tweeted this already, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here that you tweeted this. I think it was during the Germany game where you were just like every NFL game stinks. Did you tweet that? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's so it funny is like me. every everyone stinks. In a world where it doesn't feel like like I'm talking about teams that are good relative to all the other teams. But the Ravens feel like one of maybe the Eagles and the Chiefs are the other two that feel like they could be actual juggernauts. There's not a lot of like, like, yes, the Jags are good. Yes, the Bengals are good. Yes, the 49ers, who I think we thought was potentially a juggernaut early in the year, sort of come back to earth. But you just don't you just don't feel scared of anybody at this point. And that's like a, not a dangerous place to feel on November 8th when there's so much to go. Like there's so much season to go. Um but and some of the wonder of 2019 was like the fact that every week was like a new Lamar Jackson thing, and now the expectations have been raised, so it's like it's more stressful and less like wondrous to a certain extent. But it just feels like they have the ability to maybe run through this thing for a while, um, and that's both exciting and somewhat stressful. So yeah, I I. I... I think it'd be interesting to break down what that definition of a juggernaut is, right? And I think that definition comes into play when you look at a football team and you're left scratching your head as to how to beat them. Like there are some good teams there, like the Bills probably fall in that bucket, the Bengals probably fill in that bucket where it's like, hey, when they're on, they're really fucking tough to beat. But you kind of have an end to means like you understand where they're vulnerable and where you could beat them the Ravens are looking like one of those teams and you could say some of the same about the chiefs. And um, I think I mentioned on Sunday, the Eagles looked a little lost in the, in the sauce mm -hmm. there down the stretch against the Cowboys. Um, but you, you scratch your head as to like, okay, like if those guys are just playing their game, I don't know how, I don't know how you beat them. And so, yeah, that's the vulnerable piece is I like, what's the weakness? Where could we be vulnerable? You, you try to think of those things and you come, you come up grasping at straws and it's really just like that. What we've kind of talked about a couple of times now, like what do we do when we're behind and are forced to throw downfield? And there's not a lot of indications that we won't be able to do that when that time comes. Yeah. If anything, some of the like enhanced, Lamar Jackson stuff we've seen from the pocket makes you feel like he's more ready for success from that front. I also think that, you know, and you said it on the instant analysis banks, this number one seed is absolutely gigantic. Like getting the AFC championship game out of Kansas city is an enormous task for this Ravens team. Like they have got to get that done. That is going to, you know, this is the easiest analysis of all time, but playing the AFC championship game at home is going to be so much better of a situation to try to rip it out of Kansas city's hands and having to go there and win at arrowhead, which as we said, Josh Allen played about as good of a football game as you could have played and couldn't get it done down there at one point. So I think they have to have that. I don't know what they do in terms of going game to game or looking at goals, but getting that number one C has got to be high at the top of the pyramid right now. Um, and you can't drop some of these random games um, in the middle of this. Like you can't go to a Rams and land a, they've, they've got to like keep pace with Kansas city and that'll keep, you know, these guys motivated and ready to go. I mean, you want to 
get in a position where you can play that game in Baltimore and with Kansas, I think Kansas city is going to be that obviously the most likely opponent. Um, you want to bring Mahomes in here where they've had some success against them. So, so you're, you're saying, you're saying the goal is to bring Taylor Swift to Baltimore. Can you imagine? I mean, that's, I mean, that's what an absolute tough. scene that would be. That, that's a tough uh, predicament for you guys. Um, no, 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 no. What if she cries? What if she cries? That's sports, baby. She got involved. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, when the pictures and videos come out of like ugly crying, her and uh, Brittany Mahomes, and she writes a song about like how bad Baltimore is. I would love, I would love to, I, I can pop up I would, and chat about it. I'd probably blow it up on a poster. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know how to handle Taylor her. Knows, you know? Look, Taylor knows a lot about heartbreak. She knows what it looks like. She'll be no, okay. Not, not her first rodeo. No, not her first. Thank you. Well said. Well said. Mm-hmm. Um, when we look at this game, we can we can we can look forward a little bit to this Browns game. Um, this feels like a situation where if the Ravens just get out and run even a little bit, they're going to pretty much take control of the game. Yeah, the Browns are good, but. Um... Do they have the weapons to even really keep up with us if we're playing our game? Uh, like, yeah, um, quarterback situation was pretty rough when we played them in Cleveland. It was as much of a non-game as I can remember in terms of, like, this team just has no threat. It's, it's kind of like watching Tommy DeVito with the Giants right now. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. It's like, oh, we're just going to run out this clock and be on our way. Um, they've got a little more juice this time around, but um, I don't even think that that 28-3 to, to three score – speaks to just how badly we beat their ass last time and i mean it needs to be said like in the trenches across the board take the quarterback play out of it we did wipe the floor with those guys just outmanned them out physical them we'll do it again especially when we got the crowd behind us on sunday again that that was a game where the browns did not want to be on that football field i get it they didn't have their starter and that makes things a lot worse but again the ravens just seem to do that to teams now um, it is, it's going to be a fun defensive, uh, game. I think both, both defenses are very, very good. Um, my, you had this stuff with miles Garrett this week too, and he was kind of mixing it up and chopping it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, it should be, it should be a good one. I, I told my buddy, I said, I'm, I'm already, I think I'm going to bet Ravens defense anytime touchdown. Like I have, a, I, there has to be a strip sack coming I think, this week, or a big pick six or something like that. I just, I said it to him, I think during the Seahawks game, I was like, they're just flying around. Like it's something like that. It's going to happen. So it's uh, yeah, it's should be an interesting one. Deshaun, man, he's, he's just up and down every damn week. You really don't know who you're getting. And I'm happy that the Browns broke the NFL contract system just to get the guy who is, you know, a mid quarterback right now. Like I hope it was worth it. Cause now you're stuck with, you know, a guy who I, I, I don't know, half the time is like, does he want to be there? Does he not? Does he want to play football? So yeah, it's uh, it should be a. I, I think the Ravens not roll easy, but I think it's a pretty handle handily sized win. So I I did go back and look at the 2019 schedule just to get a sense of like when did that team really send the message or like turn it on and take off, and when did you really know that they were great? And like Seattle is when your ears got perked up. That made them five and two. It was really when they kicked the teeth in of, wait for it, Deshaun Watson, 41-7 to at home against the Texans, who were a good team at the time. That's mm-hmm. when I really was like, this, key, this team, that's, that's impressive as shit. 
And then it was the fall, like the two weeks that followed. I can't remember who the next one was, but the one after that was the Rams one on Monday night football, which was the ultimate, like, yeah, we're fucking good. And we know it. And here's, here's the entire nation to watch it kind yeah. of game, which is what I'm and hoping. Then they, for. And then they played the Rams in that, in that ugly, like rain soaked game when the, or excuse me, the 49ers. Niners. 49ers. Yeah. yeah. In a very good game. We went 13 and three there. So. Yeah, I, th- I agree with you, RDT. I think this will not be like a domination that we've seen in the last two home games. But this feels like – I agree with you both. This feels like a game like Banks said where I just don't know if Cleveland has the firepower to get through this defense on a consistent enough basis. Then unless the Ravens play ugly like it, like in Pittsburgh and turn it over and, and do weird stuff and drop a million pass, just doesn't it just doesn't seem like a path um for Cleveland to win. Um it feels like a 24-10 type of game. Took my score prediction, so. Yeah. But by the way, I'm I'm looking back at this 2019 schedule. I completely So you mentioned the Seattle game 30 to 16 they won. The next week, do you remember what that game was? It was a bye oh, week and then what? Uh bye week, yes, bye week and then November 3rd, Sunday so, night. Uh, Patriots, Patriots, thirty-seven twenty. Yep. yep. And that was another then, big sign. And then it was like, then it was Bengals at Bengals, forty-nine thirteen, forty-one to seven. Then they yep. won. I forgot. They, I, I completely forgot. Forty-one to seven and forty-five to six back to back weeks. That's incredible. That's that's crazy. Yeah. That, that entire crazy. run is insane, and it is so bittersweet to think and talk about. But in terms of a ride, that I mean, that's. I guess we could take a step back here as well. It is so easy for any of us to, or at least any of us Ravens fans to fall back into this timid, like we're good, but like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? Fucking enjoy this, man. Think about how fun that was in 2019 as blissful as the ignorance may have been of what was down the road for us. I mean, I've said it a billion times that Titans game is an all time, like fluke, like all the right things happen for one team and all the bad things happen to the other. And I mean, that's football sometimes, but I have said a bajillion times, if I could take back that same Saturday night divisional round game, we win that game 98 times out of a hundred. Now is one of the two times we don't. So enjoy this ride, expect great things and speak it into existence. And this time maybe it will be different, but I'm not going yeah. to sacrifice the fun that is the ride for the next two months because I'm still crying on my soup about 2019. Agreed. Yeah. It's a different team, different situation. People are definitely, it seems like they're waiting for the other shoe to drop and it's like, yeah, this is fun. But when this happens and again, it's like, I mean, we did the same thing with the orange. Like, oh, well, when they start slumping, it's like, don't, yeah. you can't, you can't be a fan like that. You just, yeah. I was going to say, if you consume stuff waiting for the other shoe to drop the entire time, you're never going to be happy because only one team's happy at the end of the year. Like if you, if you play it that way, like if you see as everything like is in that final of a terms that if it's not a Super Bowl championship, then man, you're going to be miserable as a fan. You're going to be miserable as a fan. Um, and for Ravens fans, you have enough consistent winning and the two Super Bowls in your pockets for really anybody that's rooted for the team, other than people that are really young that maybe not, maybe they're not like that are like nine or eight. Like you've seen enough success where you can't be like, you're not like snake bitten, like a Bills fan. I mean, where it's just like you just expect it because it's always happened that way. Um, 
So I said 24-10. Any other score predictions? A little old school X-52 score prediction situation. What do you guys got? Twenty-five, <laughs> I wonder if that's a scoregami. Uh, probably, ha- uh, yeah, has to be. Um, I'll say, I'll say thirty, um, thirty-one, thirty-one, seventeen, Ravens. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Uh, let's get to our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Um, you can use the promo code Exit Fifty Two at checkout um, to get 20% off your fed thrill sunglasses. Um, many local styles support a local business that supported us for a long time. Now we've fed thrills doing this for a while. I was thinking about that the other day. Um, so very much appreciate their support. Um, I wish I, I still need to figure out a way to get prescription fed thrills. That's like, I keep thinking knowing I need to do that. And I just have not done it yet. Um, at the suggestion of uh, Mr. Jake Luke, who's not on this show, um, tiredness hit him at about 6.30, so he dropped out. I, I don't know if I've ever heard that before. Uh, Questionable due to tiredness. Just load yeah. management. Um, <laughs> yeah, load that, management. That, that, felt, that felt more from Jake more like, uh, yeah, I thought about coming on. I'm just trying uh, – you guys can just run it. <laughs> I've already done my two podcasts this week. Uh, we're going to do sports, or I did not just say sports, meatheads, doing meatheads, which Banks stated that he is in a state of mind to talk and discuss meatheads right now. So who knows what that means? Guilty. That, that's what he said. Um, Banks has the first pick, appropriate, mm. considering that statement. RDT, you have the second pick, and I have the third pick. So starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill, meatheads. Take it away, Banks. I think there can only be one pick if we're going with actual real people. I'm sure you people are going to throw in some movie characters, and that's fine. Um, I'm here for that. But uh, it's got to be Gronk. Gronk's the ultimate meathead. It's so clear. It's Can I just take the whole family? Can I just take all the brothers? Yeah, yeah that's fine. All, that's fine. Yeah. It's just Gordon. meathead central over there. And, and they're Buffalo based, so that just, like, feeds into it even more. Um, just one of those, like, yeah, that checks out type of things. Mm-hmm. Um just in every way, shape, or form. Just, the, I mean, I even, <laughs> I even think about that evil laugh on the, the in the Fox Studio when he's got the turtleneck on. <laughs> it's such a funny clip. Uh, that one went away. I don't. Nobody really uses that one anymore. Maybe I'll bring that yeah. back. But, um, yeah, and it, it's, it's like it says a lot that he was part of the big bad empire, the the Patriots who we hated so much. And could you? Could any of us? Who among us could not like just yeah, take a step back he, and he, separate he, that and just be like, yeah, it's just rock. Like, yeah, he never got wrapped up in like the unlikability of the Patriots dynasty, which very good Yahoo Sports article today about the downfall of the Patriots right now. Very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Good. That's that was the clear one-one pick. It felt like. So RDT, I'm interested to see now where you go from here. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I was like, oh, maybe I can get Gronk it too. Um, obviously couldn't, um, great pick. I'm going Brian Cushing again. When I think meathead, I think of like the hard knocks clip. I think it was hard. Well, they showed it on hard knocks. It was like him mic'd up when his helmet falls off or gets ripped off or he rips it off or something. And he goes and headbutts the guy on the, on the, uh, on the Browns and it's just gushing blood. And it's like laughing too. Like he's a maniac as well and he had did he did he have a ped suspension he had to have yeah i believe pretty so. sure yeah. 
yeah, pretty yeah, sure probably very early in his career. I'll check yeah, that and like, so we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly, if you want to throw yeah, quotes let me, around let me, just, it. let me just make sure. Um, um, but yeah, um, four games. Yeah. And again, like Jersey meathead, you know, I th- I'm pretty sure he's from New Jersey and went to, you know, he's just one of those Jersey meathead guys, just m- bigger than the world. He was massive. Um, I mean, you could even tell a USC, like this guy's going to be just an animal. And he was, he was a crazy person on the field. Um, and yeah, he just, he, he really seems to fit that, uh, that meathead kind of uh, description. So I'm taking uh taking Cushing. One of the interesting NFL players whose best year was probably as a rookie. He was good. He, I mean, he, he had yeah. a, he had a decent run where he was like, he, he may have made a couple of pro bowls. Listen to his two, um, 20, his 2009. This is rookie year. Started all 16 games, 133 tackles, 86 solo, four sacks, four picks, two forced fumbles. It's a heck of a year. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a hell of an athlete. He's just, yeah. I'm sure like that guy probably four hasn't picks. worn a shirt with sleeves on it since like 2004. You know, yeah. like everything, the sleeve yeah. monsters attack them every every single day. Yeah. Good, two good picks there, guys. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go a little off the board on both these. I think. Um, I'm just gonna take these as they lie because I, I haven't had a ton come to my head. I'm gonna start with Johnny Bravo. I feel like I gotta mm. get Johnny Bravo on my team. Um, I think the the greatest, one of the great examples of a fictional meathead. Um, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't remember it? Um, he. Would he, would he, he, I mean, he would be canceled in a heartbeat now. Let, let's be real. Yeah, I don't Cancel think that character plays in 2023, but God, I'm no. glad it played back in like 2002. <laughs> um, Johnny Bravo Christmas, one of the great cartoon Christmas specials ever conceived. Who, who was the actor who played him? That's a like, great was, was it a big, is it a big live, they done a live action version of that, have they? That's shocking. You would think, no, that, that would be, again, that would be, <laughs> I mean, who would play him? The Don. The right Don. now, the Don Chris, playing Chris Don. Evans, maybe. You got to be like Jack to play him, though. Who's like I guess Jack? So. Like Hemsworth, maybe. But he's probably too Jeff, old. That's an option. Jeff Bennett is the one who voiced him. He's loosely based on Elvis Probably. Presley and James Dean. Oh, <laughs> that's so interesting. <laughs> that is so interesting. Mm. Um, so I'll take JB. And then I'm going to go into the MMA world. I'm going to take Tito Ortiz. Just an all-time. That's another sleeves police guy. All sleeveless shirts. An absolute dope. And just a total meathead. So I'm going to take Tito. That's a good one. One of the, one of the legends of early MMA. Tito is a good one. Um, oh, the guy who played Johnny Bravo was in Baby Shark's Big Show. 12 episodes. <laughs> Lot of lot of voice acting, lot of Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, Curious George, Green Eggs and Ham, great show. Interesting. I'll have to look this up. Oh, if in you October, give them out, here them you go. Out. In October 2002, Variety reported that Warner Brothers had secured the film rights to make a live action Johnny Bravo feature length film as a potential starring vehicle for Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> that would have been interesting. Sure. That would have been interesting. Uh, RDT, give a pick. Um, bu- 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 bum. I can't let him stay on the board any longer. I'm going Brian Bosworth. He's every every article I looked up, like top meatheads, biggest meatheads. He was number one on everything. Uh, if you watch the 30 for 30 on him, you know, again, 
guy hated sleeves, the headband, like the haircut, the sunglasses, just bigger than the planet. He was, he's just epitomizes the meathead like description and persona. So I'm, I think that's a pretty, and if you don't know who he is, give him a Google. He looks like every created linebacker I ever made in Madden. So guy was a guy was a quite a, quite an athlete. An all time clip when he gets truck sticked by um, Bo. Bo? I think it might yeah. be Bo. Yeah, so. I think it is. Got to be Bo. Hmm. All right, you have two. I I, I do have two. Which which ones do I go with first? I'm gonna take Jose Canseco pre 2021 ish. When like his soul. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I yeah. want, yeah, I want late eighties, Jose Canseco. I want mid OOs, Jose Canseco who's making enemies with everybody out there going on every talk show possible and just throwing everybody he, under the bus. He was right though. Was he, was he right about, are we talking about the, are you talking about that? I mean, his book didn't everyone like that's all true. Like, oh, you're okay. No, we're not talking about the same thing. Um, no. <laughs> somewhat of a coworker of ours uh, was the victim of a lot of allegations from him that don't oh. necessarily have to do with steroids. Um, but um, I guess I'll leave it at that. Um, I bet they're not true. But but then again, this person <laughs> and a very famous pop star slash actress is, are no longer together so maybe that speaks to that i'm so confused yeah. on this i have I no idea so where confused. we are i have no idea okay. where we are that's fine that's fine um good, good pick good pick thank you uh i'm yeah, gonna go into a sport you, you might not have expected to be here in this draft but i gotta take dustin johnson um <laughs> you know major major criteria here for me for meatheads is just Somebody who doesn't seem to give a care or have a lot going on upstairs, which I'm sure Dustin Johnson very much does. But in terms of what he portrays externally, um, he's about as meathead as it gets. I like DJ. Seems like a quiet meathead. Yeah, like I hit ball. I go find ball. I hit ball again. I putt ball. I win. So for uh-huh. me, the more the the golfer that I had in mind to do this, and I was going to take him. I'm going to take Kepka. I'm going to take Brooks sure. Kepka. That's fine. That's where I was there. I did think about Dustin Johnson, and I there are some actually a decent amount of good golf. Uh, I thought of a couple other ones you could take for this, but I'm going to go with DJ or excuse me with Kepka. Um, did I get skipped? Oh, you got skipped. Shit. Sorry. Oh my. Oh uh, my. I'll well, take Brooks. No. No. No, if you want to go, I mean, do you just want me no, to go? No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'll wait. If you, unless you right. want them, I won't take them. Sorry, no. that's my fault. No, I'm not going to take them. Um, God, I haven't done that in a while. I'm taking, I'm taking a uh, big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger. He's mm. just again an Ophi kind of dumpy. I don't know, like doesn't seem like the smartest guy. Um, I don't know, just meathead tendencies there too. So I'm, I'm taking figure out pander to the crowd a little bit and take uh take big ben <laughs> real crowd pander roethlisberger was on some lists that i read for sure he's uh he's out there um and then i'm gonna take uh i don't know whether to take a character or just take the actor i'll just take the actor i'll take slice the 
<laughs> I feel like the part of Slides is very <laughs> Even though I really want to watch the documentary on him on Netflix, which looks very, very good. Um, and he's like a super talented writer and actor, so he's definitely not a typical meathead. But I feel like the perception of action star Sly Stallone is very meatheady. So I'll throw well, him I also on. feel like a movie about a boxer who gets his head bashed in, who just spends half the time like groaning. Also kind of fits into that uh that thing. One hundred percent. So I'll throw him on my team as well. RDT, I will now not let you get skipped, and I will say it is your book. Um A Rod. I think A Rod is another another meathead. A-Rod. Wow, like it's somewhat of a coworker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that? Oh, oh, there we go. I, I did not put them together. Um, I still, Brian, every time I think about your um, your the, your tweet from, what was this, 2014 or 15, where when the Yankees came to Camden Yards, the guy in your section would stand up and turn his back every time A-Rod was back. Oh, what a legend that guy was. He drove <laughs> all the way out. I, I know that. He drove all the way from the Eastern Shore. To stand <laughs> yeah. in the left field bleachers and turn his back every time he came up to bat. Yeah, that we we have to find that tweet. We'll have we'll have to find that. That's an all time like that's such a funny Brian story. Like just a simple tweet. Um, but again, a Rod, big guy, obviously connected to steroids and weightlifting and all that. Just really seems to like love himself. He has a lot of those meathead qual. He could have played Johnny Bravo. He could be a Johnny Bravo. If if we're if we're talking about it, but uh, yeah, he's uh, I, I think he fits into the uh, the meathead category. It, you don't really find meatheads in baseball outside of again the, some some sluggers from the the eighties and nineties. But uh, I think I think A Rod and Kent Sake are are two of the better ones. So I'm I'm going with A Rod. Thanks. You have two to complete your team. Uh, I'm going to take John Rocker with one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's a meathead right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. That's um, your guy, John Rocker. That's, Stand up guy. It's uh, Eric's guy, John Rocker. No, I think Jake. Jake is the one who has the jersey. Oh, good guy. That's, that's true. That's true. I said I'm not on steroids. Well, I guess yeah. Kenny Powers is loosely based on John Rocker. That's a that's a fun fact for you. Um, I can't believe I can't believe that guy existed. Can you imagine if he said that stuff in like <laughs> in today's day and age? It would have been the oh biggest story. God. It would have been the biggest story on the planet, and it was a big story back in the day. Yeah, it was. Um... <laughs> oh, and then for my last one, uh, man, who do I want to go with here? I can't get this name out of my head, so I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to go with Kyle Turley. Oh, just yeah. Big yeah. time. Yeah, when I think like early 00s, late 90s football, just hucking a guy's helmet. Yeah, that's that's pretty meathead. And the um, he had the tribal the tribal tattoo on his arm. Yeah. That's, that's I can't, the, can't shake yeah, him from my memory as a, as a meathead. I think that's a good one. It's a good forgotten about one. That is a good one. All right. Is it my last one? Correct? Yes. Um, I don't even know if this is his name. I I, I have not paid. Well, I paid attention. Connor Stallions. That guy's a meathead. <laughs> that guy is a meathead. Like, 
just gets off on stealing signs. Was it was he in the Marine Corps and shit like that? Like the guy just just oh. loves Michigan football more than he loves anything in the world. Like just what has he written a six hundred page manifesto? Like yeah, that's he's just a meathead. He's a hundred percent a meathead. So I also just want him to go away so bad, what a so story. so bad. I hate this story so much. It's an all time bad story. I can't believe it's like getting this much play. I, I, you, I, I mean, it. it's the biggest. It's the two. It's the one of the biggest brands in college football. It's also I mean, a. Yeah. It's also absurd at every turn. I mean, that's part of it. The absurdity mm-hmm. of everything that's going on, I think, allows people to want to continue to follow it. It also, I mean, they're the best team in the sport right now. So, um, potentially, them Georgia, Florida State. Uh, I'm gonna finish with Ryan Lochte as my last. Oh yeah, mm, good it. pick. That's always a great nice. pick in, in the fifth. Yeah. Always, yeah. nice always nice to get an Olympian. And that story of him in Brazil is one of the most – talk about ridiculous stories. That's one of the all-time ridiculous things that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Mr. Lochte. Yeah. Yeah. Him versus Phelps. He's, he's really – he's just gone now, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, these guys have their shelf life, and they, they kind of fall out. Uh, of the public view unless they like do tv or something i mean he's 39 he just seemed like a guy who would have a show like a dating show on vh1 or you know i think he's married yeah but he's still the kind of guy who would have a dating show on vh1 god i love this this is so ryan like during the 2016 summer olympus lack revealed that he's in a relationship with playboy playmate of the month kayla ray reed i mean that's perfect that is so perfect (laughs) they've had three kids had three kids I did not see him as a as a kid mm. ever. Yeah. Lockie's mother in 2012 said that her son was too busy to be in a relationship. Everyone's been there. Shows Everyone's you, mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the draft, fellas. Good stuff. Um, Banks takes Gronk, Jose Canseco, Dustin Johnson, John Rocker, and Kyle Turley. RDT, Brian Cushing, Brian Bosworth, a couple of Brian's to start it off. Ben Roethlisberger. A-Rod and Connor Stallions. I took Johnny Bravo, Tito Ortiz, Brooks Kepka, Sly Stallone, and Ryan Lochte. Uh, there's a ton of like – I'm a little surprised the hockey player was not taken. That is my biggest surprise from the draft. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who like the king of the meatheads mm-hmm. is. Like Ryan Reeves is just a dumbass. Yeah. Um, I, Sean yeah, Avery. Sean Avery. Yeah, Avery was kind of small and scrappy-ish, but I guess that doesn't preclude him from being a meathead. Like is Ty Domi? Would he be? A yeah, so he he would be somebody I would think about, but I don't know that people know him enough. I mean, to, I mean, I, I really we, know do, we know him, but pulling that guy into the fucking penalty box. Yeah, that like, was an all-time move. Uh, that's so funny. People probably know more. I mean, what's his yeah. son? Ty Domi Jr. It's his son's name. Is he a junior? Uh, Max Domi? Max Domi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Max Domi. But um. I thought of I've, I've thought of a few just like after I made my last pick, which I really regret. Um, Fulton Reed and or Dean Portman, you could take either. <laughs> yeah. You could add them together. Yeah. Um, the the you're not that guy, pal. Guy uh, would have been a great uh, pick. Yes. Um, you're not that guy, pal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I almost took Vin Diesel or Dom Toretto. <laughs> Familia. Um, yeah. RDT's ben, ben Cleveland, uh, maybe. He's just a yeah, ball. Like, there's a lot of linemen that could fall. Yeah. 
the goose could could have been on there potentially. I I didn't yeah, want to disrespect them, but I yeah. I, I didn't yeah. want to get shit. For I wouldn't that, have drafted I him. I think either. it would be a proper tribute. Yeah, just, he came to make mind. sure not to put him next to like John Rocker. Like let's just yeah, put yeah. some separation yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Should have doubled him up with Johnny Bravo. Um. So yeah, that's the draft. <laughs> I had um. Go. I I thought um Romanowski. I thought, oh yeah, yeah. he could have gone with like anybody that played the guards in longest yard. Steve Austin, <laughs> Evan Nash, Romanowski. You could have gone with like any of those guys. Um, I had, I had Coach O too. I thought Coach O kind of seemed like a meathead. Sure, I like Coach little... O. That would have been a good pick. Coach O, yeah. sure. Uh Dan Campbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably could have thought of more coaches. Probably could have thought of more coaches. Yeah, yeah like, like, I, I like Eric, Eric Musselman kind of seems like a meathead. The Arkansas. <laughs> basketball coach i feel like there's one that we're just missing like i have something on the tip of my tongue and i don't know what or who it is same same i don't feel like i've really dug into the depths of my brain on this topic no someone's gonna tweet it to us and we're gonna be like jesus like we have to redraft nick swisher yeah i guess like david david wells is in a meathead cc sabathia is in a meat i don't i don't know i can't like I couldn't think of like anyone in the NBA. I don't know. Steven Adams. But he's just a menace. I don't know if he's a yeah, meathead. Yeah, like he's not a meathead. I, I don't know. Like there's going to be someone. Oh, and I'm just like, how do we some that? of those kind of guys. Lambie, yeah. Like you just think of enforcers. I feel like those things can be different. Evan Smotrich, you know, guys <laughs> like that. Yeah, I was trying to think of some, I was trying to think of some Terps. But the Gronk, but there was a Gronk brother who played for Maryland, so he kind of yeah. There was a Gronk, yeah. Alex Wojak. Yes, sure. yeah, Wojak. <laughs> we're just thinking of white linebackers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're literally yeah. Um, <laughs> Perry Hills is probably a, a meathead. You know he wrestled. No, really? Mm-hmm. In high school, that's crazy. Yeah, they never crazy, right? wow. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they never talked about that. Yeah, it's crazy. Kurt Angle is is there too. Yeah, I almost went down the pro wrestling thing, and I was just like, ah, oh, too easy. We'll shelve that for this. I time. mean, Vince McMahon. I mean, there's so I mean, there's so many. There's so many you could do. Like Steve Austin, you could do theoretically. You know, McMahon, as you said, Kevin Nash, Scott. Like, there's just so many guys that are just meathead wrestlers. All right. <laughs> Nick Hanner Medley, Maryland Person of the Week. I will start so I can we can spark a brief discussion on this. Uh, Maryland basketball returned last night, a win over the mighty, mighty Mount St. Mary's Mountaineers. Um, hey, the Terps are supposed to be good. We'll see a little bit this weekend as they play Davidson and then either Clemson or UAB in Asheville, which will be an upgrading opponent at Villanova next Friday. So some good games coming up. Jameer Young's very exciting. Juju Reese is from Baltimore and very exciting. Deshaun Harris Smith or Deshaun Harris Smith, excuse me, is a very talented freshman who looked very good last night. So um, people should be excited about the Terps. I'm happy it's back. There's nothing like Maryland basketball when it's when it's popping, and we got a lot of that last year, especially at home. Terps were very very good at home, and we're gonna get RDT yeah. and his daughter out to a game this year, which will be exciting. Yeah, can't wait to be out there Friday night <laughs> with nobody else. In the <laughs> just show, just go to Looney's. That's right Total. there. Total jump of the gun. Go to Loons. Yeah, uh, yeah Harris Smith I'm very excited about because he, there, there's some known commodities on this team. Like there's some mm-hmm. things, some room for improvement for Julian Reese. Like can he stay out of foul trouble? Um, 
can can he fix what his free throw uh, stroke looks like? Um, I don't know. There's in terms of Jameer Young and Dante Scott, there you kind of know what you got there, and that's for better or worse. But in terms of something to get really fired up about for the long term in the program, Harris Smith is it. That's as much as we've had right since. Tell me when. I know it's early. It's been one probably game. The but... highest, it's probably the highest ranked recruit since Sticks. Diamond? Uh, he was like 25. Harrismith was like 25. Sticks was like five stars, like a top 20 player. Yeah. Diamond's the top 20 player. Mello was like a top 30 player. So he's like in that range. The last, like we had this note uh, last night, like the last six or seven true freshmen to start a Maryland game before him are all – Top quality, like it's Aaron Wiggins, Kevin Herter, Stick Smith, uh, Diamond. No, not Bruno Diamond Stone, um, Mellow Trimble. Like it's like that kind of group. So it's pretty elite company too. Uh, and and Maryland isn't like a bring in a lot of one and done type of program. So there's definitely less of that. But still, like those are all guys, except for Stone, who had a weird up and down year when he was here. Those are all like guys that everybody fondly remembers. So, um. He certainly should go down, whether he's here for a few years or whether he blows up and does like the Jalen Hood Shafino, where you, you know, are a great guard on a really good team and you end up in the NBA draft. He's going to be a very good player. And they really like Jamie Kaiser, another freshman. And then Jordan Geronimo is a transfer from Indiana, who's like a super duper athlete. They're going to be a lot bigger this year. They, mm-hmm. they struggled with a lack of size and athletic size last year. And I, they don't have those problems as much this year. Going to need to shoot it a little bit better than last night, but it should be a fun year. So, did, did Mello get his jersey retired? No. No. Do we? Th- is that yeah. a thing? I think. Do we think he you will? Don't, they get honored. They don't get retired at Maryland. You don't retire. Well, yeah, yeah. But retired. is he going to get the jersey? Is he going to get the rap the the name in the rafters? I mean, I have no idea. Typically, so, does not necessitate an All American. Uh, well, this is a this is a lengthy discussion we could have. If you go and you look at the rafters, there are some people that fall out of that category that are up there. Um, I would put him in, not speaking for my employer, speaking for myself, I would put him and Anthony Cowan up there, both of them, but whether that will happen or not remains to be seen. I would put both of them in the rafters though. I think they're, I think Cowan's body of work and he didn't, he won a conference title and he had, you know, he's up among the top 10 and like scoring assists, games played minutes. He had a very good career as a local guy. And then Mello was like a transcendent player who wasn't like a second team All American at one point. Thirteen. So I'm, yeah, so I mean, I'm I, I would at... with some of the with some of the people that are up there. Adrian Branch also needs to go up there, but that's a that's insane that he's not. That's, that's crazy. a way, that's a that's a discussion that other people can have in other rooms that are not me. Um, I mean, like, it's a good considering list of... some of the people that made it. I would put both of those guys up. But I also think you know this is yeah this this could this we could go on this era where you could pick through everybody. I was I was going to ask if if Gravis was the last one to do it, and it seems like he was the last guy to have his yes. jersey up there. I I, yes. I have the list. Which is it's wild. Which is wild. That's like over a decade to not have anybody yeah, over a program like this is wild. Yeah, I would Bo- agree. Bozy Berger, Gene Shu, Tom McMillan, Len Elmore, John Lucas, Albert King, Buck, Ernie Graham, Len Bias, Walt Williams, Joe Smith, Johnny Rhodes, Keith Booth, franchise Juan. Baxter, Blake, and then Gravis. Yeah, the t- the two that throw it off from the All American or whatever perspective are Ernie Graham and Johnny Rose. So that's where the that's where like a lot of people come to the equation because those guys, while had great careers and did like Ernie Graham has the single game points record at Maryland and shout out mm-hmm. to his son 
2010 Calvert Hall graduate, John Graham, who also played in Maryland. And Johnny Rhodes was like, you know, a great defender and whatever. But those guys just break whatever that criteria was. Um, and I don't even know if there was a criteria at one point. So that's a, like, should put like a branch up there. Probably should put like a mellow up there. But these are probably. How about Bozy Berger, who played uh, six years in uh, Major League Baseball? 236 yeah. lifetime average. Good for him. Bozy. Cleveland, big, big Chicago Red Sox. We've got the, a double uh, B. Maryland's got a double B. And the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, he played at Maryland from 1929 to 1932. So good for him. I remember those years fondly. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, Banks, Nick Henner Medley. Nick Kinder Medley should go on the Raptors for being named after this for the, the segment being named after him. So I would agree with that. We should get a studio one day and put his name in the Raptors. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, that'd be huge. Uh, we need to catch up with him. By the way, we're due. We, we lost him. He's off Twitter. Yeah, I know. He was on Twitter and then he's off. I think I can I can get his contact if we need. Well, we have the, we yeah. have his email. I think I have his email. I believe I yeah. I was emailing. Yeah. And if we don't, I I can I've got I can make make be surprised. Zoom info with my new job. You can find out anything about anyone. <laughs> That's good. Thanks just just yeah. All right. I got it. Um, I got there you go. Um, I'm just taking Uncrustables. It's what I was going to take. You kind of broke into the Uncrustable conversation uh, as as sure. a start there, which I don't know. It doesn't take the steam out of it because my enthusiasm for Uncrustables is that high. Um, but yeah, make sure to uh, give it a go in the um, that there air fryer. Obviously, one of the all time golf snacks. Um, packed a bunch of those out for an awesome weekend in Ocean State this past weekend. I mean, the weather was just out of this world. Um, and we're going to have another one tomorrow, Thursday. Like, what are we doing here? It's mid-November, and I'm talking about the weather. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. That my, well, I had a gigantic connection just disaster there, so... <laughs> Everything you said in the last 30 seconds was a blur for me. So I have no response for that. But Uncrustables are good. That's what I have to yes, say. Yes, they are. Yeah. RDT. Uh, I'm taking the pandas. So long to the not, – not your guys' pandas, the other pandas. Sorry. Not, didn't mean to get you guys up in a, in a tissy or anything. But the pandas leaving D.C. They shipped them out today. Flying to China. It's like a 19-hour trip. Um, it's it, – on, on Can the I Zoom tell you this? Instagram, go they, I was going to say – no, you okay. go. You sure? <laughs> Sorry, I talked over you. Hit it, RDT. I'll, I'll, I'll fill in for you after. This is becoming this is like old school. This is yeah. old school. Um, it really is. They, sh- they showed them like wheeling. Their, they have like these, these custom made like shipping boxes, obviously. Um, and they showed them like bringing them up the walk at the zoo, and it looked like it was like a funeral. Like they were like the pallbearers, like next to these massive eight hundred pound uh, crates that they were bringing the the pandas back in. So. They're going to China. They're leaving DC. Nothing. I, I love a good zoo trip. I, I will fuck up a zoo. Um, every time I go, seeing the pandas is always cool. And and yeah, now now they're gone. They're going back to China. So thank them for their service here and uh, enjoy the trip back. I was gonna. I, I when I jumped in and talked to everybody, I was gonna say the exact same thing. Watching them process with the FedEx box <laughs> was an was one of the all-time clips I've seen in a long time. I also love that FedEx put the panda look on like the image truck. on the plane. 
That's unbelievable I didn't see stuff that one. from FedEx. No, fe- incredible stuff from FedEx today. Good for FedEx. Do you, do you, I found Nick Nick Kinner Medley's LinkedIn page, by the way. I just <laughs> um, his his photo is tremendous. He it's so oh uh, it's, he's it's he's got his arms like this and he's just smile like has a very determined look out in the distance it's very um what's the word deep and introspective mm-hmm. uh do you know what he majored in at university of maryland no idea uh, criminal studies or whatever american studies slash popular culture that is a that now yeah that's awesome i love that American studies. He's from Maryland. No one can beat him. Speaking of the Pandas, the Panda kickball team is three wins away from a title tomorrow. Um, Obviously, me and Banks talked a lot before the season. We really haven't talked about it a ton during the season. Uh, This is put up or shut up time. You got to go get it done. The Pandas do normally get it done, but that none of these are gimmies. Once you get into the cold November cup and hand kickball playoff games, um, they are where you know, legends are made where heroes are remembered. So uh, should be fun. Three games tomorrow. Pandas came up just short in the Flip Cup uh, tournament last week, finishing um, second. So, but those are not the boots that we focus on. We focus on the kickball boots. Those are the boots that you come for. Those are the boots that you, you pay to play for. So should be fun. McHenry Rowe. See if we can get it done. For the Shout out. Shout out to the guy who we met at the playoff game at Pickles who said he's in your Volo League and he's on the Lobsters. But I don't think he yeah. has played that. Shout out to the first team of the year that we played that that chirped us with Exit 50 Who. That's still one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Very I, I want those. I want that whole team on the podcast. That was fantastic. Yeah, they should all come on. That was so good. I think they're still in the playoffs too, so we could see them. Um, yeah, yeah. And speaking of listeners, what was walking out of a Fed Hill establishment on Sunday and had a brief interaction with a listener. Love, love when that when that happens. Great to see our the listeners out and about. Get out, party after the Ravens game, and then settle back in for the instant analysis right before Sunday night football. It's a great that's that's how you spend your Sunday. They, uh, Jess, they, that, they are still in the playoffs and they uh are the sixth seed and we are the one seed. So that is a potential championship matchup. Wow, that'd be something if it came all the way mm. back around to that. Booze on first up tomorrow. Yep, two booze on first left, I believe. Two versions. Yeah, we could booze on first, booze on first, and then (laughs) sit on my base. Yep, in the final. Yeah, Yeah. that would be something. Um, so we'll see. Should be fun. Rope walk. Let's see. Let's see what the four. Let's see what the four. Before we jump up, let's see what the forecast is looking like for tomorrow's kickball championship. I'm telling you, it's going to be like. 77 degrees tomorrow. Obviously 70, nice, it's but. going to be an interesting weather situation with 77 is the high, 46 is the low. Mm. Could have to could have to dress for multiple multiple potential climates tomorrow. Yeah, the hourly AccuWeather's got first kick temperature at 68 for the 6:30 game, and then for our 9 p.m. game, it's more around 60 with a real feel 56. That's a potential potential different mm. layer. It's like a 10 degrees difference. We shall see. Uh, Gents, that's it. That's it for this week's episode of the Exit 52 podcast. Make sure to go listen to Spenny and Jake, who jumped on the Jumbo set, their weekly deep dive into this exciting Baltimore Ravens team. Um, Lovely stuff those guys do. Uh, Spenny also put up a great film analysis up on YouTube 
um, about the Ravens offense. I hope I'm getting that right. Sometimes I forget these things uh, and what they're doing. Um, so Spenny does a great job with that. Obviously, he, he he flashes the film room knowledge every week, and that's why one of the reasons why he's great on the show, but also reason why his YouTubes are awesome. So go check that out if you have time. Um, as I said, you can go back and watch the instant analysis as well from Sunday um, on YouTube or listen to it wherever you can get podcasts. Listen to me. Thanks. And Spenny break down the win on Sunday. We'll be back this Sunday with another instant analysis as well to break down the Browns Ravens game. You can follow the podcast at exit 52 podcast on all of the social media channels. You can follow Eric at E D I T T I 22. You can follow banks at Barstool banks. You can follow me at Taylor spike 10. You can follow Jake at Jake Luke L O U Q U E. You can follow Spenny at Ravens for dummies. Number four, platoon Ravens and dummies, fellas, an absolute pleasure as always to be with you. Go pandas, go Ravens, go everybody. As Banks' guy on that video that he puts up will say, we'll see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood.